Thanks, Davey, and thank you all for being back this afternoon. Uh, we are going to be in Psalm 71 this afternoon. Going to take a little break from Pastor Matt's study uh, since he is not here today. Um, and you guys are stuck with me this afternoon. You have to hear me twice in one day. Um, but I just want to, it's going to be brief message, which I tend to do anyways. But uh, just the first eight verses of Psalm 71. But I wanted to give you an update. I asked if uh, the church would pray for uh, the Porterfield family. I mentioned they were going through some stuff. Well, Lori's mom passed away uh, during church sometime this morning. So she's dealing with that. And Heather is here. And I guess Doug is sick. So just a whole bunch of stuff going on right now. So um, just if you would keep them in your prayers, we know, we know how difficult uh, that can be to lose a loved one. So if we could keep praying for them. Uh, that would be great, and uh, you could send them, a, send Lori a card, or you know, whatever God lays on your heart to do. Just find a way to encourage them and let them know that we're here for them. Uh, let's have a word of prayer, and then we'll get into our study. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you that you love us and that you care for us, and that what's going on in our lives is important to you. I pray they be with the Porterfield family now. I pray that you will help them and, and comfort them and that you give them strength to face uh, the difficult times ahead of them. Please just uh, give them strength. I pray that you'll be with us as we look into your word now. Please give us understanding. Uh, please guide our minds and our hearts. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So what I wrote down in, in studying this, the title I wrote, Confident in God. And I don't know about you, but I enjoy looking at the Psalms when, when I'm struggling or when I'm hurting or when I need a reason, a reason for praise, a fresh reason to praise God, or when uh, life just seems to be beating me up. I like to break open the Psalms and just start reading and just be reminded of, of God's greatness. And I think about David, who we know has written a lot of the Psalms and the stuff that he went through. We have his his history of his life recorded, and then we look at the Psalms and we can see him writing praises to God or, or writing prayers or songs to God when he was facing this stuff. And you can see him unfold his problems as he's writing a psalm, and you can see him almost have that aha moment of, God, I know that you're here. I'm struggling. Please hear me. Please listen to me. Please help me. I need you. We can see all this stuff going on, and we can see David just wrestling in his mind, talking with God, but he comes to the place where he has his confidence in God, and he is able to draw his strength from God. And again, in the, in the psalm today, in this the short verses that we're going to look at today, we find the same exact thing where he is confident in his God. Uh, psalm 71, 1 through 8 is what we're going to look at, but Psalm 31 one through three, you find almost the exact same words, but it's like you see the psalmist building upon them because we see him use the different word of continually. As he gets into Psalm 71, he recognizes that, that God is always there. He can be confident in God, but it's a continual thing. And we'll talk about that word continually. But I want to read Psalm 31 verses one through three just before we start today. In thee, O Lord, do I put my trust. Let me never be ashamed. Deliver me in thy righteousness. Bow down thine ear to me. 
deliver me speedily. Be thou my strong rock, for in house of defense to save me. For thou art my rock and my fortress. Therefore, for thy name, name's sake, lead me and guide me. So there's Psalm 31. As we look into Psalm 71, we find the same basic thoughts. In thee, O Lord, do I put my trust. Let me never be put to confusion. And I just want us to start out there by kind of stopping and seeing the psalmist writing here. He says, in thee, and then he uses the word Lord. Capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D. That, that Jehovah God, the self-existent, eternal, everlasting God. And isn't it nice to know, I know this was written a long time ago, and we have the psalmist dealing with his, his certain situation and the specifics of his life that he's going through. But isn't it so nice to know that the God that the psalmist could put his confidence in, we have the same God that has not changed, that is still all-powerful and eternal and self-existent Jehovah God. We have that same Lord as was proven and tried by the psalmist, by King David. We have that same God that we can look to. And we can look at the confidence that he had, and we can say, I can have confidence in this God as well. Sure, different times, different contexts, different different battles, different situation. I mean, we would have King David hold up at times with people trying to kill him and trying to take his life. And we can see him being confident to God. Now, we don't face that as much in our in our situation. Our problems are probably slightly different than what King David had. I mean, we don't have a king chasing us around trying to trying to kill us. At least that I that I know about. I don't have a king chasing me around trying to kill me. But we have the same faithful God that we can look to and we can trust in. And I think that's part of why I enjoy the Psalms so much because I know that that God that was tried and proven and was faithful. I can go to that same God. So he starts out, In thee, O Lord, important there, do I put my trust? And that trust that he's talking about is, is God is his protection, is his help, is his refuge. There is no greater protection or rock or, or shelter or fortress than the self-existent, eternal Jehovah God. Then he goes on to say, let me never be put to confusion. That confusion there is talking about being ashamed or being disappointed. We can look at Psalm chapter 25, verse number 2, and we can find the same idea. Psalm 25, verse number 2. O my God, I trust in thee. Let me not be ashamed. Let not mine enemies triumph over me. Just the thought of, of, of trusting in God and, and leaning on God and going to God when any difficult times come. Then we get into verse number two. Deliver me in thy righteousness. So the psalmist is here struggling. Something is going on. He's, he's praying for God's help. He's saying he's trusted in God. And he says, deliver me in thy righteousness. So we understand God is, God is righteous, God is always right. But David is here praying for God to deliver him in thy righteousness. So many times we have this idea of how things should go in our lives, of, of how things should play out. And we say, God, give me this, 
do this for me, I need this. But here we see the psalmist saying, according to thy rightness. I mean, that's kind of an interesting way of, of looking at life. It's the right way. God, guide me and lead me and deliver me according to your way. Not necessarily my way or what I think is best. And we, we can all tell stories of when we, we tried to do it our way and, and we tried to do what we know is, or what we think we know is best and we get into trouble and difficult situations. Well, what if we started out the whole situation by, God, to work this out according to thy rightness, not what I think is best, but your way. Help me to just trust in you and to lean on you and to rely on you and your way as I'm going through this. God's way is so much better than our way. His understanding is so much greater than our understanding. And it's like the psalmist throughout his life got this, got this figured out. And he says, God, deliver me according to thy righteousness and cause me to escape cause me recognizes he needs the lord so he recognizes god it's it's not me that's getting me out of this situation or it's not me that's that's leading this deliver me according to your way and cause me you help me to escape to get out of this recognizing the power and he needed god to help him then he says incline thine ear unto me. And this inclining thy ear is, is such a neat picture because it's, it's the idea of, of, of bowing, not God, that God is bowing down to us in some form of reverence. That's just blasphemy. But it's, it's God taking the time to, to listen. Like, like uh, we, would, we would bend down to listen to a child. That's the word picture that is here of the, the almighty, eternal, powerful God taking the time to incline his ear or to actually listen and to consider us and what we're going through. What a, what a beautiful thought to think of God caring that much where he will actually listen, put, put his ear to us where he can, he can hear us and I'm so thankful that we have a God that's not abstract or a God that's hiding somewhere, leaving us to figure it out, but a God that when we cry out, when we call, he's there listening and he's ready to hear and he's ready to help. And then he says, um, and save me. Just recognizing it's God that's going to get this victory. It's God that's going to help him out through this situation. Then we go to verse number three. Be thou my strong habitation habitation speaking of a dwelling place just praying that that god will be his dwelling place he says whereunto i may continually resort and this is that word i talked about that that's what makes this psalm different than psalm 31 is same thoughts but this is a con continual thing and the word continually means perpetually uh it's an indefinite extension so it's the fact that God is always there. He's wanting God to always be his dwelling place, not just when times are tough or when times are good. He recognizes God is perpetually there, and he's able to, to rest and trust and rely on God. And he says, he uses, um, whereunto I may continually resort. That word resort, we understand that is just, abiding or going to he's looking for a continual god where he can continually go to 
And he says, Thou hast um, thou hast given commandment to save me, for thou art my rock and my fortress. Just that thought of having a, a rock, a constant, continual rock that he could go to, that the psalmist could go to. And we have that same God that we can continually go to. And how thankful are you for that? Like, I know I need that on a, on a daily basis because life throws curveballs and, and life hurts. But there is a rock, a fortress that we can go to and we can rely on. Verse number four, deliver me, O my God, out of the hand of the wicked, out of the hand of the unrighteous and cruel man. This, this word deliver is just asking to help, help for escape. And then cruel paints a picture to let you know the circumstance that he's in of pungent, of sour, of harsh. So he's facing these horrible people, these horrible situations, and he's just begging the God that he puts complete confidence in to help him through this situation. In verse number five, For thou art my hope, O Lord God. Thou art my trust from my youth. Hope. Uh, we get the idea of God being his object, um, ground, and foundation. Hope literally accord as an attachment or expectation. Do you see that word picture there? Where he, he is closely knit with God. Where all of his confidence, all of his trust comes from this God. And he is, he is close with him. Then he uses the word trust. Trust means assurance or confidence, or refuge. And then he references, Thou art my trust from my youth. And think of King David saying this as, I believe this is way later in his life, way down the road from his life, but he was able to prove God from his youth when he was a shepherd, killing the lion, killing the bear. Then we get him going to battle with this, this great giant. And he wasn't putting his, his trust or his confidence in the armor or the sword that he could barely pick up. The armor that was too big. His trust wasn't in that. I mean, you put me in battle, like I want the best Kevlar that I can have. I just want to wrap myself in, in protection. But we have David going to face this giant of a man that no other man would face. And his confidence was in the Lord. And he says he's had that from his youth, so he's been able to prove God throughout his life. And he gets a lot older in life, and he still has that. And he, re still, he still reflects on his youth for that confidence in God. And, and I'm, I'm thankful for our, our senior group in our, in our church. We had the, the senior picnic on Saturday, and I love spending time with the seniors and hearing their stories. And I'm sure we could, we could ask the ones of them who were saved early in early in life to tell us stories about how God was there and about how God was faithful. I'm sure you have a bunch of those, Mrs. Kate, where God was faithful to you and Mrs. Burkett. You know, I'm sure that they're there. And it's so nice to hear those testimonies where God is still working today. In 2016, the same God that was working back at the battle of David and Goliath, we can see that same God being faithful and true and working today. Uh, verse number six. By thee have I been holden up from the womb. Thou art he that took me 
Out of my mother's bowels, my praise shall continually be of thee. Um, so kind of a little little graphic there, uh, thinking of the birth of David happening there. But some of the stuff I read was just the, the thankfulness that David had to God uh, for the way that recognizing that it was God that brought him out of the womb. It was God that gave life. And one of the pictures was of, of God cutting the umbil- umbilical cord. I mean, just the, the, to think that God is there. God is there through it all. Even in his mother's womb, God knew him. God knew his name. God knew everything about him. And he recognized it was God that gave him life, and it's God who has sustained him throughout his whole life. And then he says, or his response is praise. His response of recognizing how great God is, how faithful God is, how God has been there for him the whole time. His response is praise, and his praise shall continually be of thee. So the same word that was used in verse 3, whereunto I may continually resort, the thought of him continually being able to go to God and running to God for everything that he needed. He turns that in verse number 6 into continually praising him. He recognizes God's faithfulness. He recognizes God's greatness continually. And his response is to continually praise him. And what a great picture that is because God is worthy of every drop, every ounce of praise that we can give to him and that we do give to him. Verse number seven. I am as a wonder unto many, but thou art my strong refuge. That word wonder is talking of a miracle. And in my thought, looking at all the stories of David, how is that guy still alive? Think of the battles he's been through and the victories that he's had and the people that wanted to kill him. It's amazing that he is alive, but he doesn't give that credit to being one of the greatest warriors of all time. He gives that credit to God. And it was God who was his refuge, and it was God who protected him through it all. He gives all the credit to God for his preservation. And then verse number 8, and then we'll be done. Let my mouth be filled with thy praise and with thy honor all the day. All the day, that's the whole day. His, his confidence led to praising God. And the praising of God wasn't just every once in a while. When I haven't praised God in a while, I should probably do that. His praise was, was continual. And it was all day long. And that came from him recognizing who God is and having that, that confidence in God and, and that continual reminder of how great God is and how worthy God is. And God is still great. And God is still worthy. And it, it's, it almost feels sh- a little bit of shame, I guess, if you will, not that that's the way that it should work. But, but considering how great God is and how much praise he deserves and then putting it in perspective of do I give him the honor and the praise that he deserves? I mean, he's worthy of all praise. And that's before I start counting the blessings that he's done for me. He is so worthy of praise, and I, I just want our view to be such as we know we can have confidence in God and we can trust in God. 
And the attitude of, of thankfulness brings about continual praise because He's worthy of it. He is so worthy of praise. We have such a wonderful, amazing God. Uh, let's pray together. Dear Father, I thank you for this time when we can meet together and we can sing praises to you, uh, when we can just uh, interact with each other. I thank you for your word and that we can see these testimonies and these reminders of your greatness. I pray that you'll help us to, uh, to live with this in mind that you are so great and you are constant and you are faithful and you are worthy of praise. I pray that um, all that you are will turn us to continual praise in you. Thank you for your love and your faithfulness. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. All right. I want to thank you all so much for being here this afternoon. I enjoyed spending the day with you. Um, I hope you have a great rest of your Sunday and that you enjoy the rest of your week. And we will see you next week.